welcome to episode 341 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was engineered on Wednesday, 25th of October, 2023. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn are committed to building bikes that are useful enough to ride every day and dependable enough to carry the people you love. In other words, they make the kind of bikes that they want to ride. Turn has e-bikes for every type of rider, whether you're commuting, taking your kids to school, or even carrying another adult. Visit www.turnbicycles.com, that's T-E-R-N, bicycles.com, to learn more. Hi there, I'm Carlton Reed, and first off, an apology. A number of listeners told me of download problems with episode 340 with the Ride with GPS co-founder Zach Ham. Those problems have been fixed. Thanks for pointing that out. Now, today's show is a joyful chat with Carla Frankham. We also touch on the downsides of social media and then segue into Carla's journey in cycling from just commuting through to becoming a club cyclist and taking part in an uphill, a mountain-based charity event. So Carla, it is absolutely brilliant to actually physically talk to you. I feel as though I know you, uh, and, and I'm sure the, the feeling is kind of mutual in yeah. that we've, we've followed each other on Twitter, stroke, X, whatever Elon Musk is going to call it next week. Yeah. Um, so I, that's how I, 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 I came upon you is via social media so it's now good to actually talk to you and I've got to say to you that the reason I wanted to talk to you and wanted to talk to you for a long time is because you bring a lot of joy oh thank uh, you into the world of social media because social media can be an incredibly <laughs> incredibly depressing place but here you are you're you're making faces you're <laughs> making your fun of yourself you're making fun of of others quite legitimately and you're, it seems to me, I, I, I don't know, uh, this, maybe you, you just put it on a front, I don't know, but it seems to me you're having a ball and and you're also, you've been on a journey. Yeah. So that's what I'd like to talk to you about today is about the joy that you bring um, to my social oh, media feed when, when your tweets come up and you're, you're, you're pulling faces. <laughs> I love all that stuff, but also how you've been on quite a journey. Yeah. In in the world of cycling. Yes. Um. So let's, let's, let's talk about that. But first of all, let's, let's find out about you so so you don't have to give me your exact address or anything but just roughly where are you and what do you do for a living okay well thank you for having me on the show Carlton it's lovely to talk to you um so I uh I live I'm a woman in her mid 40s um I live in North London in an area called Bounds Green um I'm a TV producer by trade so I make TV programs everything from come dine with me to current affairs and things like that um and uh, and in my spare time I do a lot of cycling and talk about it a lot on social media and I do love it I do find it such fun and I didn't cycle for probably about 10 years because I had kids and they were very small and they were always in pushchairs and we were in a flat and there wasn't room for a bike and then I got back on it again a few years ago and I I just loved it and what was amazing for me as well as that um 
you know, being about little kids who, you know, love so much, but they need you so much was just to be able to get off on the bike and feel free of everything within a minute or two and just to be able to go on an adventure. And it and it always feels like an adventure, uh, whether, you know, and often it's just a commute and it's often the same commute, but I'll always meet someone different or, you know, you see someone and they've got a great handbag or, you know, something or basically something always happens. I don't think there's ever been a bike ride where nothing has happened. Something always happens. So it always feels like an exciting adventure and I do love it. That is cute because you are clearly very very observational you're 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 very good at uh, spotting things that maybe other people aren't spotting and then remarking upon it and then then you, you take a, you, you'll take a photo of a hump or something <laughs> yeah or somebody yes with a, a, a nice bike and then you'll just photograph and then you'll kind of go you'll just you'll kind of like spin off on that which is really 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 cute now but you do let's 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 be frank here both you and me we also get quite a bit abuse yes unfortunately yeah from 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 whom who who gives you abuse and why why would they attack Carla who is bringing joy to the world why why attack you Carla well it is controversial things some of the things that uh, that I say and that you say um I mean you know sometimes people get annoyed because you're just you know cycling around um I did <laughs> just existing, just existing, and sl- they. Th- the funny thing is, they yeah. always. This is brilliant, and I love this. That when you're cycling, they think that you've slowed them down, and you always catch up with them. You always catch up with them. You always do, and I always give them a little wink at the traffic lights, and I'm like, "Yeah, I wasn't that slow, was I?" And then there's always a moment, and actually, you can have a bit of a laugh about it because I'm like, "You really didn't need to overtake me there." Um, so there is that in real life. People, drivers often think that you're slowing them down and they just have this desperate need to get past you, even if you're going to catch up with them. But um, but on social media as well. And I think people just want to, the things we talk about are often controversial. Low traffic neighbourhoods are controversial. And, you know, th- these aren't easy things. You know, low traffic neighbourhoods have a lot of benefits, but I think it's fair to say that they, for some people, have disadvantages. And that's just part of how it works. Now, that isn't right. These aren't perfect, but they're a starting point I think and so I think that there can be real frustration there and I think it's just really important for me on a serious note to actually listen to how other people feel and some people might have more traffic on their roads or it might be really frustrating for them for various reasons and I just think that's really important to say okay this isn't perfect how can we work with this as a starting point um so yes sorry that was a bit of a serious answer wasn't it that well, I'm going to keep on the serious theme in that. How do you? How do you? I would say physically cope, but it's almost mentally. How do you mentally cope with the abuse? Because you are a lightning rod. I mean, I, I sometimes, uh, you know, follow, go down the rabbit hole, <laughs> have a look at, uh, you know, who, who's interacting with you, and it's awful abuse, and it's it's it can be quite personal yeah. at times. These these aren't just you know abstract terms people are throwing at you. They're being very very personally horrible. So how do you personally cope with that? And, and, and almost why are you hanging around on social media? Because you're getting this stuff. So, yes, you're, you're bringing joy and that's wonderful. But how are you coping mentally with the abuse you get? Well, I would say that I think most of the comments are really nice. And I think so. I kind of pay more attention to that. And most people are really positive and supportive. So, And I'm a bit of an attention seeker, Carlton. I don't know if you've noticed. And I do love the positive attention. <laughs> uh-huh. So my dad's a clown. Um, my mum was a clown. I used to do clown shows with my with my, with my mum. I mean, Do you mean literally, literally yeah, clowns literally here? Literally clowns. Not just he makes you laugh. Yeah. Okay, okay. So my dad, uh, I mean, maybe we'll talk more about him, but he was a very uh, big figure, really. He um, used to... 
Can we stop it? Actually, this is quite interesting. He used to juggle the London Marathon, Carlton. He used to juggle marathons with clubs. He was actually the first person we think to juggle a marathon. He did Moscow. He did oh, Swindon. Um, he was, you know, he's in a Mars advert. He's a very big character. And, um, so he's an extrovert. He was a Butlins red coat. So was my mum. And I've always thought that if you get two Butlins red coats, they should not be allowed to breed because they're basically massive extroverts. And both of my parents, you know, folk singers, entertainers. So they then produce me. And of course, I'm going to become this loud, you know, extrovert person who basically just never shuts up. Um, so yeah, I've got the genes of both of them and it just, they, it, they just shouldn't have been allowed to breed. Um, this explains. <laughs> so much <laughs> this explains everything yes. okay so okay. yes so yeah but they're both clowns um yeah just big characters so i think i just you know i love attention and i find everything funny mainly but yeah the abuse the abuse splits mm. in different bits i mean there's a lot about my weight i'm not thin um i'm a size i'm a uk size 16 which is average but when you cycle people seem mm. to think that you're somehow going to become this whippet but it doesn't actually always work like that and i'm very fit i'm fit and healthy but i'm not thin and apparently that's a crime to some people and sometimes the comments are horrible i was the other morning at 7am and I was going on a long bike ride and uh, and I posted something and somebody said, you are too obese to cycle. And someone else called me lazy. Uh, and that actually really annoyed me. I was just like, screw you, mister. You know, and so I get a lot of comments about my weight. weight. I've been called an ogre. Um, and yeah, just a lot. But somebody, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So that does annoy me sometimes. But I try and talk about it. And one person wrote to me once, actually, and they said, look, the way you deal with this is actually impacting other people. They said, I know someone who's reading this and it's making them feel they can cope with it. And I thought, that's really good, actually, mm. because if other people are getting abused like this anywhere in their life or they've ever been told that they're a bit fat or a bit this, if they can see me talk about it, laugh it off, and, you know, then, then they might feel better about it. So that's why. I do it really because there's clearly a whole ton of misogyny going on here because I, yeah I get abuse I tend I get very little physical mm. abuse so the the odd one maybe once every six months might comment upon the the lack of hair yeah. on my head but generally the abuse I get is is intellectual right. abuse so it, it'll be my ideas people are, are not they're not attacking me yeah. for what I look like Mainly because I'm a I'm an, an Adonis, yeah, obviously, yeah. and I'm very upset that I haven't been, you know, one of Carla's hosts. <laughs> However, you 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 can do that at the yeah, end of the show. Spot, you know, you can say, "Oh, by the way, exactly." Thank you, sauce spot. I want to be a one, what Carla's sauce spot, yeah. exactly. But that's mainly because we haven't met. Obviously, obviously if, if I'd seen me, you on the street, then it'd of be course, like, "Of yeah, Carlton." It, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've got that. We've got that yeah. settled. We know that. But people generally are not, you know, abusing me physically. So the misogyny. Is clearly there. They're attacking you you're, using physical attributes, which is uh, they're, they're, they're basically being uh, because you're yeah, a woman. That, see, that's really interesting. I'd not thought of that. So you don't get the physical abuse, whereas I guess then as a no. woman, you're expected to look a certain way and look a certain way to impress mm. men if you're heterosexual, um, you know. Um, so you're supposed to be thin and you're supposed to be extremely pretty and you're supposed to be like this and that. Well, I'm not always like that. And, and nor are a lot of other people. And that should be fine. So, yeah, that's really interesting, actually, the the amount. And it is often men. It's a lot of men. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally, um, totally. And it is a lot about my weight. And I think it's because it's something easy that they that people can see, I guess, is that I'm not skinny. The funny thing was, I didn't ever really think I was that big and people, until people started going on about it a lot on Twitter. And I was like, really? But, um, 
but I really try and turn it around. But so recently there was a there was a day of protests um, organised by uh, initially by some amazing people in Birmingham, Save Streets Now, they called it. Mm. And I thought, do you know what? And I was doing a cycle ride in the afternoon. I was cycling up Swain's Lane. Um, it was a bike ride, um, the Urban Hill Climb. And I thought I really wanted to have a poster or something that said Safe Streets Now, but I couldn't carry anything on my bike, really. And then I thought, I know, I'll write on my stomach because everyone's always going on about my stomach. <laughs> so it could be a useful billboard. I've never got it out before. I mean, listen, listen this is not a midriff that you would want to display. So I wrote, so my daughter wrote Safe Streets Now in black marker on my mm. stomach. And actually it felt quite yeah, kind yeah. of profound because, you know, she was born in my stomach, you know, when she came out of there. And mm. so I wrote, safe streets mm. now and uh oh my god i mean really I, I put it up there and the comments somebody said you should not be allowed to cycle up the hill when you're that pregnant that's what actually someone said as mm. if i was like seven months pregnant i was like look i'm at the very most three months pregnant looking i'm not eight <laughs> months pregnant looking people and then other people someone called me an ogre they all said but do you know what it got loads of people talking about safe streets now mm. so i was like well there you go it's worked you all you fools of into my trap here so so mm. you know i just think you've got to kind of try and turn it to your to make a joke out of it or something but mm. but obviously there is something there of it does seem to be of men thinking that you have to look as a woman a certain way and that needs to change because that's not fair we don't all look like Nicole and they're Pittman. also trying to hurt yes. you Carla, they're all try they are trying to hurt you and they're they're assuming i i'm I assuming what they're assuming i am assuming that they are assuming that a physical barb will hurt you more than any other insult. And that's, that's, they're trying to niggle you. They're trying to get at you. Right. And they're doing that by using physical, um, uh, being awful about you physically. Yes. You know, so th I'm assuming that's what they're, they're, they're trying to do. And that's why I don't get those attacks because they must assume that, well, a man will not be bothered. Yeah. If we quote, you know, he's bold. Who that's cares? interesting. You know, many, many men are bold. So do you think that's what it is, that men think women care more about what people think about their appearance? Yes. And they're trying, they're, they're thinking, right, what's the, I don't like Carla. I don't like the fact that she likes bikes. I don't like the fact she's trying to get cars off the streets. I am going to attack her, what she looks right. like, because that's what I think will hurt her the that's most. That's interesting. I've not thought of that. So that, and then they, they hope that I'm going to pipe down a result, as a result, which is extremely unlikely, unfortunately for them. The chances that I'm going to pipe down. Yeah. Far be it for me to, to opine on this because I'm not a woman. But when you look at, you know, the, the people who, uh, the women on, on social media who do get attacked a lot, I think that is what they're trying, but the, the, the misogynists are trying to, to achieve. Get women to shut yeah. up. You should not be talking yeah. in the public space. The public space is for men. Yeah. It's an unbelievable 1950s mentality yeah. these people have got. And they are trying to silence who they believe should not be talking in public. It's clearly, you know, from the past. This is not something, you know, a, 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 a modern person should really be attacking. You shouldn't be using just playground yeah. stuff to use, you know, physical attributes. It's just, you almost think, well, if they're going on that, they really haven't got any intellectual arguments. Yes. They are just purely going straight into, this will hurt yes. Carla, I'm going to do that, you know, and it's sticks and stones kind well, of Well, see, that's interesting because it makes me think maybe I'm not actually that fat then. They're just looking for something or they're going for a physical thing because they think that as yes. a woman, that's what bothers you. And so they're going to try and hit you where it hurts, right? Whereas... It'd be your hair. Yeah. It would be 
you know, lack of makeup or too much makeup. Yeah. It would be something else. If it wasn't that, yes, it would be something else to niggle you. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying yeah. to upset yeah, you. Yeah, they're trying to, yeah. And they think, yeah. and that's, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to stop you talking. They're trying to stop this public discourse from people they do not believe should be in the public realm. It, well, that's really interesting. And also, I think it's interesting because maybe it's not as important to women what they look like as what these people think. I'm not so bothered. Like, you know, I'm in my 40s now. This is, you know, this is who I am. And also, I was never like the prettiest girl of my friends in school. You know, like I had absolutely stunning friends, but I was the funny one and I made people laugh. So that was always mm. what I, I, you know, I liked about myself. So I've never been like this kind of beautiful thing. So if somebody says something about my appearance, I don't really care. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of women don't really, might not really care. Their value is not what they look like. You know, it's great mm. if you look great and mm. it's nice to try and look great, but it's not exactly as if that's all women are and maybe that's what annoys them actually is that actually there's a lot of women talking saying their opinion no they hate your opinion as well but they're not yeah they're not they're not attacking you really on your opinions they attack me on my opinions yeah. and my ideology if they believe i've got yeah. one but they attack you on physical traits. That is so So that, I think that's very telling. It's very interesting. And there was a great one, and I must just tell you quickly, which was a guy overtook me very quickly um, in his car. And it was scary. And I pulled up to him. And I said, what you did there was actually, it scared me. I felt frightened. And he said, I don't care. Mm. You shouldn't be on the road. And I said, look, people have died mm. on their bikes. You know, this is a big thing. And he said, again, I don't mm. care. And we started having this argument. And that's when he looked at me and went, you chunky bitch. And I was just like, oh, wow. Um, and also, of course, he was sitting in his car covered in crumbs and wasn't thin. So it was like, hang on a minute, you know. So uh, I cycled off, but then I came back and uh, and had another, we had another altercation. But, uh, but yeah, so it happens in the street as well. Um, the very funny thing about mm -hmm. that one was, though, is that I went and talked to all these people at a bus stop. I was a bit shocked. And I said, this man has just called me a chunky bitch. And I kind of went off on one. And they all looked really engaged and they were all staring at me. And I thought these people really cared. But it just turned out that I was actually holding up the bus that was behind. And they just looked at me and went, the bus <laughs> is behind you. And they didn't care at all that I'd just been called a chunky bitch. But uh, that's very interesting. So women get a lot more on their appearance then. So women must be, yeah, mm. that's very interesting interesting mm. so a few seconds ago no minutes probably actually you, you mentioned the, the hill climb yeah that you, you you did so let's talk about the journey because you came into this as a commuter cyclist mm. and now you're doing events yeah. you're going on long distance tours you know I, i'm expecting you know the, the carla frankham going around the world <laughs> um cycling around the world kind of plans bubbling up here you've, you've been on quite a trajectory talk talk me through that trajectory I will. I mean I'm very slow I'm not like your son I think is a is a very fast cyclist isn't he our Josh he's done very well mm. uh, so the reason, yes, yeah, so I'm just a commuter cyclist. The reason this came up is I've got a, a dear friend called Manny um, who had breast cancer over 10 years ago. Um, we were in our early 30s and it was a huge, huge shock. And she was treated very well um, at the Royal Marsden. And um, she saw this particular professor and got this particular combination of drugs that potentially saved her life. And um, she set up a, a, a ride, a charity as a result with some friends called Le Cure de France. Um, and it's a brilliant mm -hmm. thing. It happens every year. And 
and they've raised over two point. I think it's. I think they've now raised two point five million pounds. So they raise money for research for fellowships at the Royal Marsden, and this is what this money uh, goes towards. So, so my friend Mary Manny was involved with setting this up, um, and she asked me this year in April. She said, "Do you want to do Le Cure de France this year? It's a ten year anniversary." And she'd mentioned it a few times, and I'd never. I'd been too busy, but I was like, "Go on, then. Why not, Manny?" And she was like, "Will you? Will you do it?" And I was like, "Yeah, brilliant!" And it's brilliant. You've done this, and you've all raised so much money and it's so amazing but the funny thing was is that I was so naive I didn't even realize what it was I was planning to do I was like oh how hard can it be cycling through the mountains I was kind of imagining it would be a little bit like the sound of music um so I started training, but the funny thing was, the more I trained, the more I realised how hard this was going to be. So at the beginning, I was kind of like really naively, naively ignorant, thinking, um, oh, so sorry, I should tell you a bit more about this re- this ride. So it's a four-day ride in the Alps um, in August that happens every year, and it's based on previous um, bits of the Tour de France, so routes mm-hmm. of the Tour de France, and about 60 people do it every year, and it is hard. So every day is about 100 kilometers and about 2000 meters of climbing which is uh two snowdens so it's cli- so it's basically mm. cycling and you basically just cycle around each mountain going up gradually or snaking up the side so it's not always very steep but it's just a long it's long it's you could be climbing so you could be cycling uphill for three or four hours basically at a time um, and that's cycling up all the time so um, I didn't quite realize what was involved when I signed up for it but I did do a lot of training um so I signed up to a cycling club and just cycled up as many hills as I could find so I signed up in about May and it happened in August so um so yeah and and, and- so yeah, I mean, I did as much cycling as I could. I didn't have the the best bike. I kind of ran out of money. I should have had a, a, a light road bike and I should have had cleats. But I did do a lot of training. I cycled up with Islington Cycle Club. So I went out with them a lot. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. It was hard. It was basically four days of, yeah, just going out and just cycling up, just cycling up and up and up. And uh, you just couldn't. And also, what was so funny about it is sometimes it didn't even look that steep. And you were like, why is it so hard? But it was because it was just a bit of a climb, but for hours. Um, But the people were amazing and the scenery was beautiful. I've never been to the Alps before. And it was just stunning. And I, I don't know if you've been, Carlton. Have you been? Mm, is amazing yeah. right so it was just so stunning so um the first day it was it, it was just so crazy hot though so it was it ended up being up to 45 mm. 47 degrees and that we mm. did this main mountain called a col and i was just finding it so hard i couldn't even tell you why it was hard it turned out it was just roasting hot and we had to be taken up in the van mm. and i was really gutted i was like oh my god maybe i'm just gonna have to go up in a van up all these mountains but the next day we set off really early we set off at like 7 or 8 a.m. And the first mountain was kind of a three and a half hour climb. I think it was 20 kilometers um, and it was around uh, maybe 1300 meters. And I rode with this lovely guy called James um, and he stayed with me the, the whole way. And we just went up and up and up and we got to the top. And it was an amazing feeling to just get to the top of the mountain, especially given the day before, um, you know, being taken up in the in the van. So I got mm. to the top, made it up and felt so happy. But then it was another one. It was two in a day. So we went down, 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 and then we went up another one. And there was a point when I started to feel really bad 
around. So this was the second day, probably about four or five. It was hot again. It was really hot. And oh, everything hurt. I had pain. I had fabric pains um, in my nether regions. And I just thought, can I do this? And my heart rate kept kind of going up. And uh, and I just thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And what was funny was we had this lo- these lovely folks in the in kind of a, a van, like a and and they were saying, mm. "Do you want to do? Do you want to just nip in the van? Come on, you know you've done enough for today." And I was like, "No, don't ask me again." Um, and lovely James stayed with me, and there was a good hour where. In my head, I've never had this before, but my head was kind of like playing the same loop of thoughts of like, can I do this? I don't know if I can do this. Am I going to get to the top? I honestly felt like I was going mad. Um, it hurts. Everything hurts. Can I do this? It's like, so, but basically we got past that and there was just a moment where it got cooler. Um, and there was some shade and the last kind of half hour was, was okay. And we got to the top. And um, and funny enough, someone had just passed me earlier and I said, I think I'm at the back. And they said to me, don't worry, Carla, there'll be a bigger welcoming party for you at the top. And uh, and I kind of didn't think anyone would even be at the top. I thought they'd have all gone off, but they'd all waited. And we got to the top and they all mm-hmm. cheered. And um, me and this lovely James guy, we, we just kind of put our arms in the air and they all cheered. And it felt so amazing. Mm-hmm. And I've not had that before of feeling where I've kind of achieved something physically like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. and I looked at my Strava on my watch and it had been over, to, I think it was over 2,200 metres. And someone said to me, you've climbed two Sto- Snowdonias today. And I was like, wow. And, uh, and, and I was so, the reaction from people like this guy called Graham, he came and just gave me this big bear hug and he was crying. Um, and my other friend, Tony, who set up Liqueur with Manny, amazing guy, he was like hugging me and crying as well. And he was going, it's the spirit of Liqueur. And it was just such an amazing feeling. And I guess what's so nice for me is I, I'm not an athlete. I'm not thin. I'm not fast but actually for me I'd achieved something that I didn't think I could do mm-hmm. and and it made me think all of us it doesn't matter if you're not you know an Olympian it's about kind of like exceeding your own expectations of what you can do for all of us and it's an amazing feeling um so that was the second day and then overall like so over the four days um other people did further than me but I cycled uh three quarters of as the height of an Everest so three quarters of an Everest, mm-hmm. and I can't remember how many. I think it was, yeah, I think I uh, cycled as high as Kilimanjaro over four days. Um, so it was like over mm-hmm. 4,000 meters. So it was just amazing coming back and thinking, wow, I never thought I'd achieve that. And it made me think for all of us, it's not about what you can do compared to others. It's about what you can do for yourself and pushing yourself. I'm I'm glad you had that experience because as you were saying before, it's, it was just up and yeah. up and up yeah. and up. And that's, that is tough. And especially in that kind of weather. I mean, the last summer was, was roasting yeah. hot. You, you, you know, you can do those kind of, um, climbs. Anybody would suffer mm. in the mm. heat on those kind of climbs. It's incredibly tough. So kudos for you to, for, oh, for doing. You. I remember, you know, reading some of the social media from back in the time. It's all very inspiring stuff. Oh, thanks. Um, you know, if, if, uh, you know, people w- want to do this, then they, sh- they should do it. They mm. shouldn't be put mm. off. Um, and there'll be support there. Definitely. There'll always be support there. You're not That's on your own. That's definitely true. And do you know what? When I said I was doing this, and obviously at that point not quite realising what I'd signed up for, people were so nice. Like loads of people wrote to me and said, look, I can give you some coaching training. And I had lovely Kate, who's mm. a bike fitter, she she uh, who lives in Hackney, she said she would do it with me. So she's a, um, she's become a friend, but I didn't know her before this. So she was a, bike, uh, a lady who fits mm. um, 
people to their bikes and gets you know the, the measurements right and she did it and uh and just so many people helped along the way and it really made me realize that if you do something that that is a bit out of your comfort zone people do come forward uh, and offer to help and mm. that was an amazing thing and people rode with me even though I was much slower um and so that was really inspiring as well um and I just thought afterwards I got by with a little help from my friends and I did there's no way I could have done it without all the support I had and so that was really special as well so we started by talking about the downsides of social media but you've, you've very much you know mentioned there basically some of the upsides because of people who who came to you. I, I, I do want to carry on talking with you carla and i will come back to you uh, and we could talk about uh, you, you uh at that cycling club and, and how you found that experience because that, that can be quite <laughs> yes. trying at, at times but first of all let's go across to my colleague david who will take us into a short ad break this podcast is brought to you by Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn understand that while a large cargo bike can carry oodles of stuff, many of us prefer something, well, a little more manageable. That's why they've come up with the HSDE Cargo Bike for folks with big aspirations to go car-free, delivered in a compact size. With its rear shock to 80 kilos and a combined hauling capacity of 180 kilos, the robust new HSD is stable and easy to maneuver, even when under load. And with its Bosch e-bike system tested and certified to meet the highest UL standards for electric and fire safety, you'll be able to share many worry-free adventures with a loved one, whether it's your kiddo or nan. Visit www.turnbicycles, that's T-E-R-N, turnbicycles.com to learn more. Thanks, David. And we are with uh, Carla, Carla Frankham of, uh, I, don't, I don't know where Byron's North Green London. is, but it's yeah. North London. North London, apparently. So I'll have to look that up yeah. on the map and then and, and find out exactly where that is. And, and how far are you from Swain? Was it Swain's Swain's Hill? Lane. Sorry, Swain's I... Lane. Yes, Swain's um, Lane. So how far are you from about that? About the 25 minute cycle ride. So that's a very steep hill. Mm, yes. Yeah, that's where they have all the hill climbs. Yes, yeah? I can't remember how steep it is. Maybe it's 14%. It's actually not very long, but there there is a bit of it where mm. sometimes the front tyre can jump up a little bit. So it's a bit steep. Um, so yeah, that's in high well, right now, right now is, is, is hill climb season. So we're, we're coming into that... Uh, season again, where 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 the hill climbs certainly in the northeast of England, oh, around the, the, the hill climbs yes. start uh, uh, now, and they are up and, and up, up and up, and they yeah. hurt. They're sure, but they 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 definitely yeah hurt. Now you were talking before about joining the the Islington Cycling Club. Now I'm not familiar with with that club, but I am familiar with with cycling mm. clubs, which, which which can sometimes upset people. Yeah. Because some clubs are not very welcoming of newcomers. Others are incredibly yeah. welcoming. Uh, you know, some, sometimes the, the, it's the ethos of the club, you know, will either sink yeah. or swim. Because some clubs, you know, they'll go out with people and they will drop you. And, you know, you're in the middle of, I don't know, from your, from your point of view, where you would get to on a, 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 a club ride. But say in, in, in where in my neck of the woods, then you could go out of the club and you'll find you're in the middle of nowhere and you've been dropped. And you think, well, hang on, I came out with this club and they've, they've all left me. So that's the ethos. It comes down to the, the, you know, the, the, the ride captains mm. and, and the ride leaders about how they, they cope with that. How have you found your experience 
with cycling clubs and what ethos does does the Islington Cycling yeah, Club and have? Yeah, these are all really good points. Um, and I think clubs can be intimidating and I guess it's finding one that is right for you and having a chat to mm. them first. So I'd actually uh, seen Islington um, in Regent's Park um, whizzing around uh, doing laps and seen their lovely shirts. I mean, to be honest, they also have a nice mm. shirt with a nice green, green stripe, which I thought would look good with a red lipstick. So that is obviously mainly why I joined <laughs> up to them. Um, I thought, I think I quite like the look of that jersey, quite fancy that. Um, so, so I'd heard a bit about them and I just knew they had a lot of women, um, and I'd met them in Swain's Lane. I'd mm. often go to Swain's Lane on a Wednesday morning, kind of at 6.30 till 7.30 and try and do six hills. And they were there then and they were all really friendly and they looked lovely. So I kind of had a really good vibe from them. Um, and it turned out that they do no drop rides. So they'll basically, particularly on hills, they'll go up the hill, but then they wait for everyone at the top. So I really like that. Love the number of women. One in four of the club riders are women at Islington um, and they have a lot of riders. Mm. So um, I went along to kind of, you have to go along to kind of a trial ride um, where mm. they give you a chat first and, and explain how it all works. And um, and a friend of Rachel actually who lives nearby is uh, an amazing rider for them. And I knew her and she was doing the intro. So that felt good. So I think, I mean, I think funnily enough, I turned up a bit full of myself because I'd done quite a bit of training lately. I was thinking I'm in great shape. I'm going to just fly off. Mm-hmm. So I actually had a ba- mm-hmm. bit of a baptism of fire because I was actually not very fast compared to these other riders. And um, and uh, mm-hmm. I think probably on our intro ride, we should have split into groups a bit more, but no one really knew, you know, how fast we were compared to everyone else. And I was mm-hmm. in a group with these two, <laughs> they were 20-something triathlete women. They were whippet thin. They had these light bikes. And I, I had quite a heavy bike and a pannier on it with a, with a D-lock on just in case. <laughs> And basically we shot off and there were six men, these two women and me, and they were just faster than me. And I just got a big shock because I was like, okay, wow, I can come out quite slow compared to these great riders. But uh, they they were very sweet because they kind of felt a bit sorry for me. But someone was trying to give me sweets. And then my watch was beeping mm. and they were like, is your heart rate okay? And uh, and afterwards we went to the pub and everyone took the mickey out of me because I had, they called me Mary Poppins because I had this pannier and I was pulling all this stuff out of my pannier and I had like a notebook in there <laughs> and I had a wallet with loads of receipts and coins. They were like, what are you doing? So, uh, so it was a bit of a shock, but also it was really amazing to ride with other people and have the routes planned. Um, so I was, and, and it's mm. very easy, I think, to after an experience like that where you feel a bit embarrassed because there were points when they were waiting for me and I thought, oh God, I'm slowing them all mm. down. Um, but, you know, I did do it. I was just a bit slower and they waited for me at various points. And it, it would be really easy then to go, do you know what? I'm embarrassed. I'm not going to do that again. But I also thought, well you know, let's keep going and see how it feels in a month. And people were really nice to me actually on social media. And they said, look, it's always hard when you join a club, but it's the best way to improve. So I started going out Mm. with a green group group on Sunday mornings. And I did see that it was amazing. I did a 90 kilometer ride and 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 it was really hard. And two weeks later, I did the same ride and I felt like a different person. And in fact, it was 110 Mm. kilometers. And in two weeks, suddenly I could just do it. And so it was amazing because now I can go out on a Sunday morning and it's a lovely group and you always chat to all different people and you'll go somewhere I'd never go. Like I'd never think of cycling to say, you know, I don't know, Cambridge or something. But because there's someone lovely who's planned the, the trip for you, you can just go. And so it's a brilliant way to just really improve your fitness. And I think it's tricky at first, Mm. but also I thought, well, by the time I'm up to the 
green group level, which is the, sorry, the slowest group. Um, now I'm there. Now I'm only going to get faster and get better. So I do really say mm-hmm. to people, I do really think it's worth giving it a go, even if you feel a bit intimidated at first, because you're only going to get faster and you will find your people, you know. So, so it's been brilliant, really. Uh- and he's still riding with a pannier and a D-lock? Or did you ditch that? <laughs> I did ditch all that. And uh, and I do need to get mm. a lighter bike when I've got some cash. Mm. Um, and So what, what what bike have you got then? What what bike are you riding all these events? Uh, it's a hybrid. It's quite heavy, but it's my mum's. But it's just really comfortable and I've got a bad back at times. Um, and it's really comfy and it's got loads of gears. And it means I can go uphill basically at the speed that people walk. So, uh, so it's got mm-hmm. loads of gears and it's just a hybrid trek. Um, but I do need to get a light bike and, um, cleats. That's the next thing. So y- you're, you're basically doing road bike events on, in effect, a modified, a, a, a svelte mountain bike. Yes. So you've got flat bars. Yes, flat bars. You haven't got drop exactly. bars. Yeah. And other people who you're riding with are getting into a tuck position. Yeah. You know, they're getting out of the wind. You're getting out of the wind. You're, you're suffering at a real disadvantage. I mean, yes, it's pr- probably okay for going up yeah. hills, but on the flat, you're suffering a real disadvantage there if you can't get down into the tucks. Yeah. Are you are you looking to thinking about getting to a road bike? Or is this something that you're going to stick to hybrid type bikes? And, and what's your thinking? I do want to get a road bike for lightness, but I might need the flat handlebars just because my back's not great. I don't think I can get down to a drop. I might, I might be able to if it's quite short, you know, bike. Um, but you have you've, you said you, that woman was giving you a, a bike fit. Is that a bike fit for a hybrid or a bike fit for potentially? A road uh, bike? It was. It's kind of experimental. So yeah, I could get a road bike. I just have to get the right measurements. Basically, it was just that I ran out of money. To be honest, like it cost me quite a lot. The cure trip. <laughs> um, I'm definitely mm. looking to get a road bike. Uh, a, a light bike. Basically, it's lightness that's the most important thing. I think for me, if I can get down to the handlebars, great. But it's mainly a weight thing. Like I weigh 85 kilograms. My bike wasn't like 14 kilograms. So that's a hundred kilograms that I'm heaving uphill. And and I said to mm. my stepdad, I was like, my bike's a bit heavy. And he looked at me and he went, no offense or anything, but most of that weight that you're getting up the mountains is you. And he's right, you know. And and so and he meant it in a lovely way. So what I want to do this year is lose some weight. Actually, not, and this is funny because I, I I'm kind of with the trolls having a go at my weight, I almost don't want to lose weight because I'm like, screw you guys, you know. But actually, I want to mm. lose weight so I can get up hills quicker. And then I want to get a light bike, get really fit this year. And hopefully uh, tackle liqueur again next year, um, where hopefully it will just be a bit easier to keep up with people. That's what I want. Now then, let me ask you, did you get a jersey that looks good with your red lipstick? <laughs> I did. I finally got my Islington jersey. Oh, and this is a funny story, actually. Go. Have I got time? Have we got time for a funny story? Carl, you've got, you've got as much great. time as you so, want, Carl. Yeah, so my Islington jersey <laughs> arrived. And the funny thing was, is it took three months for the Islington Cycle Club journey to arrive. And it was funny because by then I actually felt like I deserved it. So I quite liked that it took a while. Um, and I put it on and it was my first day going out on a ride. And uh, and I had the red lipstick mm-hmm. on. And it's a good one. Uh, Carlton, it stays on. It's even there the next day, the lippy. I said, oh, well, I'll recommend it to you. And uh, <laughs> maybe you might not need mm-hmm. it. Uh, so anyway, I went out and, uh, and we got 60 kilometres away uh in about by about 11 a.m and we were in the countryside and oh i felt so excited i felt so proud of myself and i strutted into this cafe with my new jersey on and there were these two chaps there and i said can you believe it we've cycled all the way from london and he looked at me one of the guys and he went islington they're all in a bubble aren't they the islington bubble and he just cut me 
dead. And I was like, well, I deserved it, to be honest. I was so cock-a-hoot that day. I, I did need to be taken down. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the problem. It turns out there are a lot of people who come down from London and are very annoying to other people. So I've learned to kind of rein that in a bit. So Islington Cycling Club, it's a nice jersey. Is it a women's jersey? Is it a, just as a unisex jersey? What's? Oh, I think it's just a unisex jersey. Does it yes, fit you? Yes, it fits well. It fits well. Uh, not like the Rafa one that I wore. Can I tell you about the Rafa one? Exactly. That's where <laughs> I was going with that one. Yes. <laughs> that that was that was a that was a funny episode that you had there. But yeah, go, go, people who didn't weren't there at the time and weren't what. Go <laughs> for it. A funny story. Go for it. So basically, I was supposed to be doing this Rafa women's ride, and in fact, I didn't. I ended up not being able to do it that day. I was a bit unwell. But basically, I really wanted a Rafa jersey, and they're really expensive. So I mm. found one on eBay, and it looked a bit clowny. I thought that's not bad. It has some red and red and black stripes maybe in a cream stripe found it on ebay and i was very excited to win it on an auction and it turned up and, and mm. i wore it out and about and i thought this is good i had some red lippy on and then i caught myself in a shop window and it honestly looked it was a men's jersey and it had these stripes and it honestly looked like i was wearing a cream bandage around my chest area or a cream boob tube mm. and i was like oh my god and i hadn't realized so I, I was cycling through the heath and i said to this couple excuse me would you mind taking a photo of me and i caught them to this random people to take this photo and i said to them do you think it do you think it looks a bit like i'm wearing a cream boob tube and they were they were really laughing and they were going no no it doesn't it doesn't it did so anyway i put the photos on social media <laughs> and people have been talking about boob tubes ever since um so you've got mm -hmm. to be careful as a woman it turns out when you're wearing men's cycling jerseys because they obviously haven't designed them with knockers in mind to be honest i don't know how else to say that so I've tried other ones when it's as people started sending ones where I think they had like goggly googly eyes in the wrong place and things. So uh, designers, you know, make unisex jerseys for women too. Um, and I do love, I've got to just say, mm. I wear a lot of um, jerseys by Fat Lad at the back and I love their stuff. It's really comfy and mm -hmm. uh, and it goes up and down in sizes. It's got all sizes and, and they know that women have knockers, so uh, which is a great mm. thing. For the Americans who are listening to this, um, who don't know what knockers might, I don't know how much uh, of, of vernacular kind of gets across to, but but knockers are yes, breasts. Yes, okay, breasts. Let's say breasts. Yes, yes. Um, no, it's okay to use knockers. That's great. Um, <laughs> just we we have an international oh. audience here, uh, Carla. So so whenever we we have uh, bits that might not translate, it's, it's, it's good to, uh, you know, to have like an yes. addendum. Of, of, of what knockers I'm sure that in the context people <laughs> realise yes. what knockers were but anyway I think that's probably the first time in the history of this podcast that the word knockers has been <laughs> I'm used. so pleased so it, it it's it, it, it's it's good to have you on the it's show it's great to be here and for you to expand our our um, smutty vocabulary thank, thank you. you very much um, so you've got a you've got a, a, a top that fits you. It goes well with your your lipstick. Uh, we're all pleased <laughs> to hear that. It sounds as though you're going to be increasing your cycling. You've been using kilometers a lot, so your cycling kilometrage, yeah. your cycling mileage. Uh, you're doing that. So you're, you're you're clearly on a trajectory where you are increasing the amount of cycling you mm. are doing. 100 kilometers is no longer phasing you, which I'm guessing five years ago, that would yeah. have been almost literally yeah. impossible, you you might have thought. And now it's not impossible. So what are you, Carla, what are your plans, apart from wanting a road bike and getting, what do, do you have anything, goals this year of events, uh, mileage? Yeah. 
you know, what, what challenges are you going to set? Well, yourself? what I want to do is ride out with Islington Cycle Club every other Sunday. That's the main plan. And it's quite tricky, you know, if you've got little kids and you're working a lot, but I kind of figure I'll do that mm. as my plan. And every other two, so every fortnight do a big ride. Um, and it, uh, hopefully of a hundred kilometers. Um, there's a lovely guy, Matthew there who arranges it. So that's my plan. And to just keep things ticking over, I want to lose some weight. And then I hope to do liqueur again next August. That's the main thing. I've been thinking about doing triathlons but actually my knees aren't good for running um oh so that's your really trajectory <laughs> and you're really going so, for it yeah so i might do some other things but actually to be honest i've kind of missed at the moment having that um having that goal and what i realized with liqueur is all that you know it was actually amazing to have a goal where you really mm. train for because mm. i was you know often getting up at five and i'd have cycled you know a lot of hills in the morning or i'd go out in the evening and i'd for two hours i'd cycle up every hill i could find locally and i've mm. kind of missed having that because it really makes you you, you're pretty sure, it's funny mm. when you have the fear of god about something like that you just work so hard and so now i feel like oh i need that again so the question is what is that going to be and that is yeah, i think i'll just take a while where i'll just cycle with islington every fortnight but i do feel like i need another challenge actually as well because it does really make you work hard and i lost a stone from it i just felt great you know and i felt I just felt it was just really good to do something like that. So I do recommend that, whatever it is. And it might not be, you know, cycling in the Alps for someone. It might be something quite simple. But I do think it's really good to have a challenge like that to train for. Carla, I, I'm going to close it there because we could obviously talk for hours and hours yeah. and hours. Um, uh, uh, but we, we have got to uh, to close it at some point. So it's been fascinating and and entertaining as kind of... I. I I expected. Uh, I wouldn't really have expected this to go any <laughs> other you, way, uh, considering from 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 looking, monitoring your social media what? feed. I kind of knew what, oh. what I'd get. Um, but tell me, tell me what what for people who don't follow you, who who I'm sure will absolutely now <laughs> follow you. Where can they find you on they social media? They can find media? me on Twitter now called X and my uh, Twitter handle is just Carla Frankham, spelling my name C-A-R-L-A-F-R-A-N-C-O-M-E and it's just at Carla Frankham. And can I just say, formally, Carlton, I'd mm. like to say that you are a sore spot. Thanks to Carla Frankham there and thanks to you for listening to episode 341 of the Spokesman Podcast, brought to you in association, as always, with Turn Bicycles. Show notes and more can be found at the-spokesman.com. The next episode will be a rolling interview with gravel riding author and route developer Marcus Stitz. But we're not in Scotland, as you might expect. That show will be out early next month. But meanwhile, get out there and ride. I'm recording again. You 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 are welcome to, to give me another sore spot story. 
I must tell you one thing, Colton, which is that I met um, this lovely chap who was cycling around up, 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 up hills locally. And I said, oh, I do like your socks. And he said, thank you. And I said, oh, do you mind if I take some photos? And he, he had great cycling gear on socks and all sorts, stripy socks. And so I took some photos of him and asked for his Twitter handle and, and, and posted on Twitter and, or X and said, look at this sore spot today, guys. Um, and, and I must just say, I call everyone sore spots. There's nothing in it. Um, but anyway, I said, I called this guy a sore spot. Anyway, um, that evening, there's a local Facebook group of about a thousand people on it for local families. And this lady posts and she said, please be careful if your husbands are out cycling in the area because it's possible that Carla Franken might find them and put them on social media and call them a sauce pot. And I was like, oh, all the colour just drained from my face. And actually, this woman was very funny about it. I do know her a bit. And I wrote to her and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'd just like to say I did call your husband a sauce pot in very much a platonic fashion um and she said it was actually hilarious because her husband had walked through the door that evening his head was apparently the big the size of a small planet and he said that he'd been called a sauce pot that day and <laughs> she said that the reason it was actually really annoying was because he spends all his money on cycling gear and now he felt like he wanted to spend even more money on cycling gear that's what, <laughs> what she was annoyed about she wasn't worried that you know we we're going to run off into the sunset she was just annoyed about the money he was spending so uh he looks so good on a bike so i'm not gonna spend more money on a bike <laughs> exactly sure. so she said oh god she said you've done no she said his head was big enough before so i had to <laughs> apologize but i'm now a bit more careful i must say when i call people sauce pots on social media in case i annoy their lovely wives <laughs> 